Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the show. Kyle, I have the first one for you. Here it is. The NFL should adopt the same MLB playoff philosophy that they're looking at doing, and the top two seeds get a bye, but then the number three seed gets to pick their opponent. What? Where did this come from? Okay, so you didn't see this yesterday with no. me. Major League Baseball, they're proposing this deal where they're expanding it to six teams per conference. The first two teams get a bye, but then that three seed gets to pick their opponent from the remaining field of the four, five, and six. Do you like Why? it? Do you like it? Maybe just like make baseball not shitty to watch. <laughs> this is well, like that. This is NASCAR all over again, right? It's NASCAR. You drive in circles for four hours. And people can't figure out why nobody wants to watch it. So we're going to change the point standings. And then we're going to do a playoff field. And then it's going to be a 10-race re- reset where we reset the standings. And then two years later, they changed it on its head again where it was, all right, well, now we're going to do phases. And every three weeks, we're going to eliminate three drivers from the playoff field. It's like, just make it not boring to watch. Give it, For baseball especially, give your players personalities. And with all due respect... F the Houston Astros, man. Kyle, you took this to a place I was not expecting. Would you like to see the third seed pick their opponent? No. You don't like that. I, you want them to play the six. I want the I I I don't think any league solution to bad viewership is to change the playoff structure. It's make your product not suck. And baseball sucks to watch. I'm sorry. It does. All right. Kyle's fired up here. We got the Jalen Hurts segment coming up here. These next three are all Jalen. Jalen, great. We got a Taysom Hill comment here too. This will be fun. Yep. All right. You want the first? I guess you get the first one because you gave me this. Yeah. Baseball nonsense. Yeah. Possible take on take. This came from the TDN Expert Forum, the Premium Slack. So we got a lot of these. You know, we made a channel in the Expert Forum for people to just dump their takes on takes. And within five minutes of me joining that thread, Joe, I told you this is a terrible idea because it was a we had a flood of takes come through. So this is from Rahul. Possible take on take. If he does well at the Combine, Jalen Hurts will be like Taysom Hill at the next level, a weapon that a creative offensive coordinator slash head coach will use, but if asked to play quarterback full-time, may struggle. Yeah, I like this. I think <clears throat> I think when you think about guys that forecast to that type of a role, Jalen Hurts is a player that <clears throat> excuse me comes to mind. And uh, you know, I think if you really groom him and develop him to be a quarterback in a traditional sense where you know, you think of him as a developmental starter or even, you know, a high level backup, you're going to always be frustrated by some of his, his limitations, a very slow processor, very inconsistent with his accuracy. And so I just don't know that you, you're going to be able to really lean on him if you needed a guy to play quarterback for you and win a game. So uh, tap into that athleticism. He's a great runner with the football. He can throw the football. 
uh, have them do some versatile things for your offense and, and really get yourself away from the headache that could be uh, Jalen Hurts having to play quarterback for you in a game. Well, then he's not Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill can't throw the football. Listen, calm down. All right, Mitchell says Jalen Hurts is a rich man's Quentin Flowers. Um, I think they're very different players. Uh, Quentin Flowers was I, – I see where he's going with this. Quentin Flowers, I think, is a lot more explosive. He's tinier. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, gives you more as an intentional passer. And what I mean by intentional passer is he's still a general accuracy passer versus a pinpoint accuracy passer. But he'll at least try to put the ball on the right side of leverage where Quentin Flowers was pretty visual point shoot. I see a guy, he's going to get the ball. Uh, I don't think Hurts is dynamic as a runner. Uh, I think he's kind of in between, you know, he's what, 220? So he's not like the, everybody wants to take like a mobile archetype and put Jalen Hurts into that box, but he's weird because he's mobile and he's fairly physical, but he's not like super big like right. Taysom Hill. You know, he's, he's 218, 220 pounds. Uh, rich man's Quentin Flowers. I don't see a lot of similarities in their running styles other than the fact that they're mobile. So I, I would pass on that take. And take from Sam, uh, Jalen Hurts will be in the XFL four years from now. I think the boldest part about this take is Sam thinks the XFL is going to last four years. <laughs> um, I hope it does. Uh, but um, yes, yeah, too. I think so. I mean, uh, Cardell Jones trajectory, you know, Tyree Jackson got ahead of it. <laughs> Already there, yeah. I think I think in four years that that would be a uh, logical place for him, unless you know he really claims a Taysom Hill type role. And if so, then he can have some staying power power in the league. But it's going to be important for him to embrace that because uh, the money discrepancy between the NFL and XFL is significant. This one's fun. Bull Bittler says the Giants are the team picking in the top five most likely to make the playoffs in twenty twenty. Okay. Lot to unpack here. First of all, they're on the NFC, so that's a bad start. Yeah. Second of all, they're in the NFC East, so that's a really bad start. <laughs> uh, Eagles are still an extremely talented football team. The Dallas Cowboys are probably the most talented football team in that division. They made a coaching change that I like. So you are at best as the New York Giants, as far as I'm concerned, going to be the third best team in your division, which leaves you absolutely zero wiggle room. You have to beat the rest of the field in the NFC. Do I see them going out and having better seasons than the Minnesota Vikings and potentially the Atlanta Falcons on a bounce back or San Francisco slash Seattle? No, I don't. I don't think this is realistic just because the NFC landscape is so tough. We've got a first-year head coach in Joe Judge that I know nothing about. I think they're maybe the biggest wild card but the team most likely to make the playoffs, I would pass on. But So he didn't, I mean, he didn't predict that the Giants would make the playoffs, but when you stack them up against the Bengals, the Redskins, the Lions, the Dolphins, do you think that's the team that's most likely to go to the postseason out of that mix of teams? Can we get through free agency first? <laughs> he has to today. I don't know. I think it's a reasonable well, idea. Ask me again in April then. Right. So today I think it's reasonable. Out of those five teams, I think it's the most reasonable. J-Rod Draft Scout said, Caleb on chase on is a top 10 prospect in this draft due to incredible athleticism, versatility, and flexibility. By year two, 
he can be a team's franchise pass rusher as he is still growing to learn his rush moves and counters. Is a top, so he's a top ten caliber prospect. He's not saying that he's predicting Chase no, on goes. Chase on is a top ten prospect in this draft. So that means he goes in the top ten. I think he's valuing him as one of the ten best players in the draft. Mm, I think it's close. If you gave me top fifteen, I'm all over this. Uh, yeah, athleticism, versatility, flexibility, all at a high level. Uh, super bursty and bendy. Uh, like like what he was able to do, what was on his plate at LSU this year. I think I think he's close. It's a really good draft year. I think in a lot of years I would say, yeah, absolutely, he's a top 10. But given the amount of other talent in this year's class, I think he's more top 15 than top 10. We'll be right back after this from a word from our sponsor. All right, Kyle, here's here's an interesting one. Uh, Cole Komet, the, this is from X, FXL3. Cole Komet, the Notre Dame tight end, is the next Mark Andrews. Well, that's really ambitious, but I see where he's coming from. Uh, Komet is a guy for me who I'm going to value similarly to how I valued Mark Andrews, which is probably between 75 and 100 on a big board. Uh, Mark is who he is because he went to the perfect offense to utilize tight ends in today's NFL, right? Let's be honest. Baltimore loves to use them. Uh, they, they use them for the chess pieces in their offense. How many other places in the league besides Baltimore, which doesn't need a tight end because they've got 18 of them, can you project Cole Komet to go to and be like, yeah, he's going to catch 10 touchdowns in his second or third year? I just don't know what that... I don't know how many other opportunities across the rest of the league there are, but from a skill set perspective, I think this is fairly reasonable. I think Komet's probably a little bit more polished as a blocker. Um, I think Andrews was a little bit more deliberate as a receiver, which you would expect as a guy who was coming out of Oklahoma versus Notre Dame and the usages that, that each of those teams historically has used tight ends in. So I see the parallels. I see where he's going. I'm not sure I'm crazy about it, though. Take from Sam. The Arizona Cardinals will win the NFC West in 2020. Bold. So he's counting on a major regression from the 49ers, which we talked about the possibility of. And uh, the Rams he, falling apart. Yeah, the Rams falling apart. They were, I mean, they quote unquote fell apart last year. They finished nine and seven. They're picking 20th in the draft. And then Seattle, who is a good football team, uh, bad on defense, plenty of cap space, but they have holes to deal with. I I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it'd be crazy, but I think defensively, Arizona has so much work to do to make up ground. I really don't believe in Vance Joseph as a coordinator. And then, you know, I, I, they got to get some offensive line help. They need more rep weapons for Kyler. They need to figure out who's going to play running back. And then, you know, Kyler in year two. I don't know. Uh, I, I would say that I don't agree with you that the Cardinals will win the NFC West, but it's maybe not uh, as crazy of a take after you kind of really think about, you know, the likelihood of it happening. Okay, here, Kyle, this one comes from Charlie, who says, LaVisca Chenault is the next Sammy Watkins, and T. Higgins is the next D.K. Metcalf. I'm out. I'm so out. <laughs> T. Higgins to D.K. Come on, Not close. man. Yeah, it's not no, close. nowhere near as explosive. I have a comp for T. Higgins. Okay. I know you have a comp for T. Higgins. Yeah, yeah. My comp's a little more ambitious than yours. Okay. Your comp is who? Tyrell Williams. 
My comp is Alshon Jeffrey. You think he's that dominant, like going up to get the football, just like super physical like that? I think he's great ball skills, similar lack of appealing physical traits, but size ball skills at the catch point in vertical situations. I mean, I don't hate it. I really liked mine. I know you did. That's why you gave it. Yeah. Visca, the next Sammy Watkins. Um, That's better than T to to DK. Yeah, that that's been a popular comp, and I could see. Why. I think Visca is a little bit more of a special athlete than I think we initially gave him credit for. Uh, the more you watch him, and I know Sammy was a great athlete coming out of Clemson, but uh, I think Visca's got some more power components to his game than Sammy. I don't know how you feel about that, but the player I watched at Clemson is not not exactly the same player I see in the NFL. So, right. If you give me right. Clemson, Sammy, I can get behind that. Take from Kyle Anderson. Nice name, Kyle. Andrew Luck's contract will be traded this offseason. I think he's done. I think he's not going to play anymore. Uh, I mean, even Oliver Luck. Luck has been interviewed, you know, promoing promoing the XFL, and he's been asked about Andrew Luck, and he's really kind of confirmed that, yeah, seems like he's pretty happy not playing football. So um, I, I don't predict that will happen. I don't. Okay, here's a loaded one here from Jared who says, Sam Darnold is going to be the player to take the biggest leap next season. The Jets' offensive line was horrific. highest, uh, Second highest adjusted sack percentage, lowest rushing yards before contact per attempt, and allowed a pressure within two and a half seconds of the snap on 27.5% of dropbacks. Improving the line, and as a result, the run game, will give him enough help to take a step forward towards finishing the season as a top 10 quarterback provided that he doesn't get syphilis this season. I'm sure Sam has already consulted with WebMD to figure out what disease he has to get to sit out enough time to get Adam Gase fired next season. Here's my problem with this take. The coaching staff is the same. And if the coaching staff's not going anywhere, we've seen Adam Gase in Miami for three separate seasons and now a year in New York with all kinds of personnel at his disposal, including 2016, which that team went 10-6. and six. The offense still wasn't good. J.H.I. rushed for 1,200 yards that season, and he got like 600 of them in three games. The running game, the, I do not trust the coaching staff to get it right, even if the personnel is there to do it. So, especially when you start thinking about a guy like Kyler Murray, who I think is in line for a really big jump in year two because of the offensive stability that they have there in Arizona, and they're going to get improved weapons for him, and they're going to address their offensive line. And they went out, and and they need to figure out if they're going to sign Kenyon Drake back in free agency after they traded for him at the deadline, and he had a really nice year. He's a good fit for a spread-style offense. So I think... I don't trust the coaching staff in New York to get it right, even if the personnel is better. So that's why I'm a pass on this. Jack has a very strong take. (laughs) If the NFL did a Madden-style fantasy draft, Joe Burrow would go in the top five. Would be Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, 
and Joe Burrow as the top five picks. If we're under the belief that it's going to be quarterbacks for sure, and you know that uh, some type of defensive player or skill player on offense would would not go in the top five, I'm in on this. No, come on. Okay, so give me who's the a name? player that's never played in the NFL before. Yeah, in a redraft, you. I mean, you can discriminate against these players because you already know about them. Who are you going to toss into the mix? Wentz. Let's, let's look at any established quarterback. Let's uh, let me pull up NFL passing leaders from 2020 or 2019. Okay. I'm looking at our our content sheet from yesterday and looking at the quarterback landscape. Okay. Baker, you think he's Baker Mayfield's going to go higher than Joe Burrow? I would take Baker Mayfield over Joe Burrow. I would take Kyler Murray because I've seen what Kyler Murray looks like for a year. That's the foundation of your of your position is just because you've seen them play in the NFL for one I year. I need to know it's going to work in the NFL. <sighs> because what happens if he ends up being without Joe Brady like Josh Rosen? You don't know because you haven't seen him do anything at the NFL level. I'm comfortable with it, so I agree with him. Man, That's my take. Fool. You're a fool. Who's your compelling case? Baker Mayfield's your case? 21 interceptions? I'm going to eight okay, crow what, all year long. What did Baker do his first year? What about Dak Prescott? 26 year old quarterback threw for 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns last year. Hey, he has a compelling case. I'm not going to split over, hairs over if he's going to be five, six, or seven. I think it's reasonable to think he can go top five. So you're, so you're telling me Joe Burrow's the best quarterback you, evaluation you've given out in the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. Who's better? Coming out. I'm Unbelievable just, I'm, season. I'm, I'm clarifying. I understand that. Unbelievable accuracy, ability under pressure. I I mean I'm I'm there. I'm I'm in on Joe Burrow, man. All right. All right. So who's who's got next one? Uh I guess you gave me that, so you get this one from Raul. Yeah, yeah. Who says, galaxy brain take, Kyle. If it's rumored the Colts signed Phillip Rivers, they trade Jacoby Brissett for picks. These picks will be used in a trade up into the top five for Justin Herbert or back into the first round for Jordan Love. Either quarterback will sit behind Rivers for a year. I like this. I don't know how much galaxy brain here is. Galaxy brain, usually you need like how many how many layers do you need for a galaxy brain take to manifest itself? I think this is conventional wisdom more than galaxy brain. Right. We gotta be right. careful, right? We can't have the Hall of Very Good. We gotta have the Hall of Fame. That's right. So this is this is woke brain, not yeah. galaxy brain. But I like but that. this but this works. Yeah. I think this absolutely positively works. Uh sports nut. Josh Rosen will not be on the Dolphins next year, making it three teams in three years. With two and Fitzpatrick, the Dolphins will trade Josh Rosen. Let me ask you this, just so that I can have a little insight to be able to answer this. What do you think Brian Flores' appetite for carrying three quarterbacks is? You think he'll do it? A lot uh, of teams won't. They only have two. No, I think they will. Okay, so if, if, if Flores is willing to carry three, then, then Rosen's a Dolphin next year. I don't think that there's much value for him right now, and their best – interest in terms of Rosen is developing him 
having at least a high level backup and maybe somebody that you can move down the line. Uh, but um, man, I, I don't know. I just don't know that they would get enough for that to take away for, from the idea of it turning into more, you know, just count your losses in a couple of years and, you know, they're going to need a backup and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Rosen's back with the Dolphins next year. I mean, his, his cap hits $2 million. Yeah, it's in mil- the Dolphins have the most cap space in the NFL. So, right. He's super cheap backup quarterback. They're not going to get anything of value for him because they gave up a two last year. They're going to want at least a three. Who's giving a three for Josh Rosen right now? Nobody. Nobody. All right. We've got a spicy one about Dak Prescott coming up right after this. All right, Kyle from Braden, who says, new hot take. If the Raiders can't get Tom Brady, they should try to trade for Dak Prescott. Oh, I love it. I love it. I would love that fit. Let me ask you a question, though. Yeah. What is the what is the trade value of Dak? Because we're going to get a lot of conversation because, I mean, that's something Michael Irvin kind of put that into reality that, you know, people of, of high importance are talking about maybe trading, tagging and trading Dak Prescott and getting another quarterback in Dallas. Like if that were to happen, what is the price tag for a trade for Dak? Because I don't think we can answer this take until we establish what that is. Several first round picks. I mean, he's going to get more than Khalil Mack, right? Get more mm. than Tunsil. I think I think the Tunsil price is probably reasonable when you consider the economics of the contract that's going to have to be handed out. I mean, Tunsil has the extension that has to happen too, and he plays. But it had. But tackle. they got they they just got a year of it and didn't have to pay it. You take Dak, you're going to have to pay Dak like right away. Yeah, you're going to pay thirty five plus. Right, you're not going to trade him and play him on the franchise tag the first year. All right, so do you you in on this? I mean, it's going to be a lot. They're going to have to give up a lot, but they have a lot. I'm giving up. If I'm the Raiders, I'm giving up 12. Next year's one. They don't have a two, so that sucks. I think you got to send them Derek Carr, too. Well, what if the, what if the Cowboys want Tom Brady? This is so weird, man. <laughs> then now, they can now we're starting to get it. Now we're starting to get into a galaxy brain scenario. Jesus, man. All right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Dallas would want to mortgage two of the three picks till next year, though. And if the Raiders give up twelve and nineteen, now you don't pick until eighty. Yeah, but you got got Dak Prescott, Kyle. Okay, who's gonna play wide receiver for you? I got all kinds of questions. Who's going to play a linebacker? That that would then have to get into what can they flip Derek Carr for? Carolina, maybe? I don't know. Scientists don't even know, really. But if they could flip, trade and flip second-round picks or get a second-round pick and a deal for Carr, now we're we're in good shape. But also, it's weird because then if you put Dak on the market, it's going to water down the trade value of Derek Carr. I want you to get this next one. Can we go out of order? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right, this is from Mathu, who says, I listen to the show every day and love it. Thank you. Even if Kyle destroyed me this mm. summer, 
No. Still, Alvin Kamara is not a top four running back. Wait, did you? Did you? What did I, you do to destroy this man? I, I probably had to do with Alvin because remember we did the whole tier yeah. maker thing on running backs, and he probably had a take on take that okay. surrounding Alvin. And I said, well, Alvin is an all around threat is one of the top four running backs in the NFL. Alvin did not have a good year last year. Let's call a spade a spade. My Gordon take and your Kamara take did not <laughs> pan Listen. out well for us. Listen, Alvin still had 1,300 yards from scrimmage. He just didn't find the end zone. He didn't score a touchdown. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Alvin Kamara. No, 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 no. He had six touchdowns on the okay, year. But brother. like the year before that, he had 18. Yeah. And the year before that, he had 13. Maybe we should tell New Orleans to stop giving their red zone reps to Taysom Hill. <laughs> it always comes back to Taysom Hill. It's always Hill. his fault. It's always his fault. <laughs> um, thank you for your loyal listenership to the show, Matthew. And, and we love you too. Cameron Spencer. The disasters of the Gurley and David Johnson contracts will finally lead NFL teams to realize second contract running backs are a bad idea. The only ones who get extensions anymore will be the Chris McCaffrey prototype, versatile and valuable in the passing game. I'll tell that you was what, Todd Gurley, though. Yeah, the, the McCaffrey thing is going to be interesting, Kyle. I mean, this this dude's played over ninety percent of the snaps the last two years for the Panthers, um, and you know he's going to have a ton of mileage on him. And you know he's such a dynamic player for them. Really carried the offense. Anything that's been exciting about the Carolina Panthers' offense in the last couple of years has been, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Not taking much away from DJ Moore, but this is the McCaffrey show. And what do you do? I, I mean, like, just we've got all this information that says you, you really shouldn't commit a big chunk of your cap space to a running back. And you know, CMC dude's gonna want twenty plus mil a year. I'm sure. And, he, you know, we talk about redefining the market. CMC is going to do it in a way that no one else has because, I mean, the receiving production is just unbelievable to complement what he does as, as a runner. So, I mean, he would he would appear to be the type of running back you'd be willing to do it. And, you know, maybe for Carolina, they'll, they're going to likely at some point, they're going to draft a young quarterback and maybe they can buy some time by believing in, you know, uh, having a, a quarterback that's on a rookie contract and there's your opportunity to, you know, maybe allocate your cap a little bit differently than you'd like to. But, I mean, I don't want to make this about CMC, but that dude might not show up this year without a new deal now that he's finally eligible. And I do think that teams will learn from the running back contracts that have been handed out and, and there, there will be some fundamental changes but I do think it's a good point to bring CMC into this mix because when you think about Carolina, maybe you can justify that because you're going to have a, a rookie quarterback at some point. I mean, where, where do you stand on this? I think this is worth uh, double opinions. This is very messy. Uh, make no mistake. Anybody who goes out and catches 116 balls for over a thousand yards and rushed for 1400 yards and 15 touchdowns on the ground deserves to get paid. He definitely deserves to get paid. He had, do the math real quick, like 140 yards from scrimmage per game. <laughs> it's nuts. With, with Kyle, with Kyle Allen and Will Greer as the primary quarterbacks. Right. Now, here's where things get a little dicey. This is the exact spot where the Rams signed Gurley's new deal after year three. 
because Todd Gurley in year three had 1,300 rushing yards, 64 receptions for 800 yards, and had a total of 19 touchdowns. They signed Gurley's extension on the back end of his rookie deal, and now they're actually in the first year of the extension, and they can't wait to get out of the deal. So it's really messy that McCaffrey's got another year and then the flex year or the, 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 the team option year of his rookie contract and then would be getting into a second contract. So if he's going to hold out now, Carolina's got to do what they need to do to make sure they protect this investment for at least three years. SpotRack uh, estimates Christian McCaffrey's market value at six years one hundred and eight million dollars. Oh man, Kyle, no, I think you can add. That. If you're going to go six years, you have to add another twelve. I think it's going to be hundred and twenty. I think it's going to be twenty million a season. You can't do that. That's I, so he's twenty three. <laughs> Why don't you fix your fix your quarterback and and how great would it be for whoever that quarterback is to have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield with them from day one? I understand that. But you've also got explosive, potent run after the catch guys on the outside on your roster. And I guess uh, I don't, I don't know how how leery should we be that Carolina had 142 targets go to their running back out of the backfield last year. <laughs> Sometimes they force feed them. Let's be honest about it. It's just get out in space. We're going to throw it to you, and good luck. Right. I just. Hmm. You start getting into some really messy philosophical questions about how you should build an offense if you're going to manufacture so many touch 142 targets this year, 124 targets last year, 113 targets his rookie year. Yeah, he, he almost had more targets than he had rush attempts. So it's not it's it's an increased mile. It's more mileage than you even think. He has 926 touches in three years. And never comes I, off the field, ever. I struggle with the prospect of that. So if you're, if you're CMC, I think you got to force the issue, right? You're healthy. Yeah, you, you, you've got a full court press it now while you're healthy. Absolutely. No questions asked. <laughs> Man, that's going to be fun to watch uh, unfold here uh, in the coming months. Um, okay, let's get back on track. Vontel, this is... Man, trying to okay. kill us here. Okay. Yeah, we just die no matter what. Do you think you guys have a better chance of blocking Aaron Donald 1v1, <laughs> tackling Derrick Henry 1v1, or covering Tyreek Hill in press man 1v1? I know uh, let I'm... me let me counter with it a, another question. Yeah. Which one of these are you least likely to do? Cover Tyreek Hill. He's going to I'm cook. not touching Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's going to cook me within a half a second. <laughs> faster. He's going to have three yards of separation within a half a second. My best chance is tackling Derrick Henry. Personally. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And here's, here's where he, Vontel, you screwed the pooch, man. You said tackling Derrick Henry 1v1. You didn't specify the conditions <laughs> that I'm tackling Derrick Henry. For all I know, I could be the guy who's playing flat coverage or hook curl and Derrick Henry runs out into the flat, and he's in the process of catching the ball, and all I've got to do is get down there and bear hug those calves. And down he goes. That's where I'm going. The whiplash that you're going to get from trying to uh, get your hands on Aaron Donald where he gets first contact and just blows you out of town. 
he's going to pick me up and carry me off the ground. <laughs> I won't be out of my stance. This guy's got his hands on me. I'm shucked. Oh, yeah, I only got a chance against Derrick Henry. Yeah, and that's because we can we can manipulate that scenario because if it's me and him, Oklahoma drill, I am yeah. literally just going to like, you ever see that pro wrestling move where they do like the flapjack where they like, they jump off the turnbuckle and they turn their body sideways and they like the other per they like land on the other person like a cross. Yeah. Yeah. Is this your plan? That's all I'm doing with Derek. I'm going <laughs> to go full speed and I'm going to aim, you know, right for the thighs and I'm going to launch myself in midair and try and wrap myself around him that way. I am not going to try and tackle him head up. Cause he go, he's going to break something on me. you. You want to give yourself the most surface area within yourself. Yes. I can make sure I hit him and maybe I trip him. <laughs> we're not winning. We're not getting any three of these things done. It's bad. All right. Last take of the day from Dion with the performance. Nick Bosa had in the Super Bowl, a team that feels that they are one pass rusher away. will make a package deal to the Washington Redskins to cha- to trade up for chase young. Maybe somebody will try. Uh, I thought, I think that the Redskins just have to, sit there and pull the trigger on chase young. I mean, adding talented difference makers is the best thing that the Washington Redskins picking number two in year one of Ron Rivera can do. And I don't think uh, outside of a quarterback, you're going to get a guy that could be a difference maker like a chase young. He's got to be the pick and you have to ignore anything that's presented to you. I don't think a trade up to two would involve somebody moving for chase young. I think it would be for a quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's fair. I mean, what team was would even be in striking distance that has everything they need except for Chase Young? Right. I don't think there's anybody. No. Nobody in the top ten. No. All right, that's it. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Takes on Takes. Really appreciate you guys carving some time out of your day. Uh, Joe and I are going to be back tomorrow, so make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Pop over to the draftnetwork.com. Uh, if you haven't signed up for TDM Premium yet, really cool features, and we've got a staff meeting later this week that we're going to be talking about some new implementations that are going to be coming for the mock draft machine and some of the draft guides and stuff that we're doing. So, like, we got some cool stuff coming down the chute. Uh, you can go to draftnetwork.com. There's a prompt there in the top right corner to be the expert. You click there, it'll see you what our, our current offerings on the horizon are some of them are immediately available some of them are going to start being available in the coming weeks uh, if you have any questions uh, please at us at the joe marino at grinding the tape we're more than happy to answer them for you and we would like to cordially invite you to be the expert with us here at the draft network i'm kyle krabs with joe marino thanks as always for listening to the draft dudes podcast